G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. 2020, bringing a biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. Weekdays on UCB's Vision Radio Network. Find out more at vision.org.au. Well, from time to time, we take the opportunity to talk about what's happening in Africa. Uh, On one hand, there's amazing things that are going on in Africa, even revival. Uh, On the other hand, there are so many challenges that Africa faces. One of those challenges, of course, is in the area of the way that people seek medical care if they're in need. One Aussie who has self-sacrificially taken the lead here and has been going over to Africa and to the nation, the Democratic Republic of Congo, is Dr. Neil Wetzig and his wife, Gwen. And uh, Neil Wetzig joining us today, and with him is one of the surgeons that Neil Wetzig has been mentoring, training to work with people in the Democratic Republic of Congo. Uh, To you, Neil Wetzig, and to Dr. Joe Lucy, welcome along to 2020. Thank you. Thank you very much. Let me start with you first here, Neil. You've attracted lots of attention. Uh, You've been interviewed on some of the best known uh, programs on television because people are inspired by what you're doing. It's been now more than a decade going into Democratic Republic of Congo. Uh, What was the real need that you saw that you just had to do something about? Well, I was first inspired in 2003 when I met Joe Lucy. Joe had a passion to not only improve the medical care in his own country, but I was impressed by his respect for human dignity and human life and the way he respected that and wanted to honour that and his faith and the way he wanted to portray that in his own country. So that attracted me. And when I went to Congo, I was um, struck by the degree of poverty, uh, the huge medical needs. Uh, I'm a general surgeon, so particularly surgical needs. And I was struck by the fact that I could do something about those needs. I could continue to work in Australia with all of the provisions that we have here, but I also could help to train and teach some of uh, Joe's doctors. And that's what he was wanting to happen. Okay, so there were hospitals that were operating in Congo, but the capacity there to actually use them in an effective way was not there because uh, lack of training and lack of medical uh, equipment. That's that's true. And uh, Joe felt that if he sent people out of the country to get them upskilled or trained, often they would get a taste of uh, the developed world and not want to come back. But if we could go and offer training in country, that would improve their skills Um, It was a Christian hospital. That attracted me very much to it. It was a holistic approach, not just the medical side, but also the spiritual as well. And the two combined, uh, I felt that I I had some gifts that God could use, but I also felt that there were other people around me that God could use in in providing upskilling for the the doctors and nurses there. 
Well, it's an incredible missionary endeavour that you've been involved in. Dr. Joe Lucy is with us today. Joe, an amazing thing that you've made contact with Neil Wetzig and you've been able to uh, get this opportunity to have some upskilling that's happening right there in the heart of your homeland. Let me just come back to why it's been so tough in the Democratic Republic of Congo. Uh, For many years, there's been civil war and the toll on lives has been dreadful. It is true. Um, We are really living in a a very difficult situation. It has been like that for the whole history. But then uh, we were looking, looking, looking until we have discovered that God created the Australian. And then we were completely amazed to see that uh, we met people like uh, Neil and Gwen and uh, all other team of the Australian World Share, Hill, and the uh, Sony Healthcare, who have been enthusiastically coming to help us. For us, it was a really discovery to know that the Australian can give us this dignity and join us into this suffering. So when you identify the difference of what it was like before the input of Neil Wetzig and to what it's like now, what sort of difference has it made to you there in Congo? Great, 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 because uh, we were really, really in the dust. They have lifted us up. The thing that really interpelled us was this. The Australian have corresponded correctly to Luke uh, 10.30. It is Jesus was being challenged. The people asked Jesus, somebody who wanted to trust Jesus, said, who is your neighbor? We could think our neighbor were Europe. They are just close to us. But Jesus said this, the guy went from Jerusalem to Jericho. And then he was robbed, he was attacked, he was beaten up, half dead he was left. And we were half dead, in Congo we were really dead. And the European came, they passed on the side. Uh, the, okay, we can say British is still, <laughs> they came, passed away. The American came, left us half dead. Then there come Wetzig and, <laughs> and Gwen. <laughs> they just gave us, put us on their uh, philosophy, on their thinking. And they took us. They'd, us half dead, they have helped us. You asked me, where are we today? where the Australian took us and took us to the inn. Today we are really in the inn where the Australian have given us equipment, have given us all the wine, all the medicine, I say reagent we call wine, and they have given us everything. Today we are really surviving and thanks to the good Samaritan. We say Australian. Neil Wetzig, uh, when people use all sorts of things, uh, glowing terms to talk about you, you know, humanitarian and uh, you know, you're something of a hero because you're going off and, and helping people in a developing nation like Congo. Uh, but to hear from one of those Congolese doctors who describes you as the Good Samaritan, uh, that's a very, very high honour. It is a very high honour, and but I must admit I feel somewhat embarrassed by that. <laughs> I, I, um, I, don't, I don't think what we are doing is particularly special. I think that we are generally, as Christians, called to be global citizens, and I think we have to respond to injustice. And we have to, you know, I think one of my favourite 
Bible verses is uh, Micah six eight. What does God require of us to uh, act justly, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God? So I would like to think that that's probably all we are doing. Um, we're dealing with some of the injustices. Uh, the people of Congo are unfortunately born into conflict, poverty. Uh, and lack of medical services. And if we can do something to deal with those injustices and the many other things that go on there, then that's that's probably the way I would rather couch what we are actually doing. Now, Dr. Joe is with you, and he also has his colleague, Dr. Justin Lassie, who's a gynaecologist, also in Australia for a special visit. And it's not without some motive. Uh, there's a visit here that's happening to raise awareness and to raise funds for the work that you're doing in Congo. You've got a dinner that's coming up tomorrow night and it's already sold out. So for people to book a ticket, it's too late. But that doesn't mean that people can't actually uh, help with a financial support. How do you want Australians to rise to the occasion here and support what you're doing financially? Well, that'd be fantastic if people did want to support us. Um, they can log on to our website. Our charity is AusHeal, A-U-S-H-E-A-L, H for health, E for education, A for advocacy, and L for logistics. So we have many needs that we can uh, we require funds for, things such as scholarships to educate some of the doctors, uh, where they would go to an African country and be trained over a three- to four-year period. Um, we have needs for funding of what we call short-term development grants, where we send some of uh, the nurses, for instance, or even some of the doctors away for a month to an African hospital to find out how how things are done in an African setting. Part of the problem with Congo is because it's suffered from so much conflict, uh, many of the the doctors and nurses have been unable to travel outside their country. So they don't know what they don't know. So what we are wanting to do is to to allow them to be able to go to places and see how some medical things are done. Um, we have great needs for equipment and there's obviously funds are required for that. And, and the final area is what we call the Mercy Fund. Many of the people that we see and treat and that is part of the day-to-day life of Hill Africa, the hospital we work at, uh, live in poverty. And to have medical care, they just don't have the funds for it. So when our teams go, uh, we prefer to provide the funds so that uh, people in that situation can have medical care and that we don't have to turn them away. The hospital runs on a shoestring budget. Uh, It depends totally on external funding. It's a Christian not-for-profit charity hospital in Congo. Uh, It doesn't receive any government support. And so the patients that come in there, and they are coming in in increasing numbers because of the standard of medical care that's offered by the Congolese doctors, um, they, they, there has to be funds to, to, to be able to offer them the treatment. So they're probably the main areas that we are holding our fundraising for, and they can log on to the website, OzHeal, or uh, OzHeal.org, 
But if they go to Ausheal, they'll see there um, more information about the charity, the project and how they can donate. And I want to hear about some of the day-to-day activities that happen in a busy hospital setting there in the Democratic Republic of Congo in just a few moments. Our two special guests, we're talking with surgeon Dr. Neil Wetzig and also Dr. Joe Lucy, who's an orthopaedic surgeon and here in Australia for a fundraiser and also an awareness raiser, ozheal.org.au. We'll come back and we'll talk some more in just a few moments. We're talking about the activities of life in a hospital setting in the Democratic Republic of Congo. Dr. Neil Wetzig, our guest, and also Dr. Joe Lucy, who's a Congolese doctor, orthopaedic surgeon in Australia, raising awareness about the needs that are going on there in the Democratic Republic of Congo. If I come to you, Dr. Joe Lucy, uh, day-to-day life uh, in a hospital in Congo, how difficult is it to be able to treat people who have often serious medical conditions? Okay, the problem is this, is that uh, we wake up without knowing what is the disaster that we will meet. So one day you will see that the bandit or the rebel have attacked this street or that street, and you will see all the people from that street all packing the hospital, we call it our emergency uh, department, and they will be crying all day and you don't have fund for them. But they are just saying because the life is in danger, they have been shot or they have been cut by machete, machetes, and we have to just try to stop the bleeding and so on without any equipment uh, that is given. And we don't want to, to leave them die, but we try to use what we can get. And this is why we really came here to thank you, Australia, because we end up by finding some bandage, some sutures to try to fix them. And because they were given freely, we can give them without suffering to say we are completely into crisis. So we really came here to thank you, Australia, for what you are making us achieve, because every day we use something that is coming from Australia. Every bed, the light we use, even now, the generator we are using is from Australia. So Australia has been great uh, for the, the, I can say, the first time. <laughs> Neil Wetzig, it's one thing to talk about the busyness of an emergency department in a hospital. Uh, dealing with those things, as Dr. Joe says, you just don't know what's going to happen one day to the next. What about people who've got medical conditions that need treatment that are not uh, from all of this violence that's going on? How do you actually fit them into the schedule? Uh, well, we just do our best. It's um, We're seeing increasing numbers of patients coming in with uh, advanced pathology. The the Rebel activity is starting to decrease. So Congo is going through a transition from a civil war that's gone on for 40 or more years to now a relative time of peace. And we're seeing uh, patients come in from peripheral centres who haven't been able to travel outside of their village previously, but now it's safer they can. And it concerns me that many of them must have just died in their villages in the past. They might have very large tumours, very large goiters. Uh, We're seeing a number of cases coming into the hospital who've had surgery in peripheral villages, probably by fairly poorly trained um, doctors, maybe not even doctors. And uh, they've 
maybe had two or three operations, and then they're referred into Heal Africa, and at that stage they're in a pretty poor condition. So there's some of the day-to-day difficulties we have. There's malnutrition, there's advanced pathology, there's dealing with the whole issue that the person has come out of their village and been sent maybe hundreds of kilometres to the hospital to have care. And we're trying to deal with that all in the context of trauma coming in as well. So it's it's not easy. Um, by the grace of God, we, we get by and we just have to do what we can do. But it is fairly challenging. How many patients would you be able to see in a day? Uh I'd probably lose count, but um, I think I think I did an outpatient clinic um, some weeks back where I think we saw about 72 patients in one day, which is really a very large number, mm-hmm. and uh, all sorts of varied conditions. So it, the, the work is enormous. I read somewhere that your passport actually is a blood-stained passport. Tell us the story about that. Uh, it was a few years ago. Um, there was some conflict and there was a... Congolese uh, army officer who'd been shot and he was brought into the hospital and I tend to keep my passport on me the whole time and I had it in my the top pocket of my surgical scrubs and I'd forgot forgotten to put an apron on and it it got all a bit moist and damaged and uh, sadly I made a comment to that in an interview and uh, it was picked up by a number of people but uh, yes it is I look at it regularly and it's um, it has been stained I've cleaned it up it's all clean and sterile, but it's a reminder of the um, of of why we go there and when we come back into Australia. That just how much things better are here. Doctor Joe, when we talk about surgery, uh, what's the most common surgery that happens uh, in the hospital? Of course, we have a younger population. We have a lot, lot of C-section, but mostly. Because of the war, we have a lot, lot of violence surgery like gunshot shot, and we have a lot of fractures because we don't have good roads and we have a motorbike transporting people. So every single day, we have more than two fractures of people falling on the rocks. And we are in a volcanic area where we have the motorbike colliding with the stones and they keep falling and fractures. So we need a lot, lot of external fixation and a lot, lot of, uh, of pins and a lot of uh, plasters. Joe, from where you see the hospital as it is now, what would be the ideal? What would it look like if it was functioning in the way that your dream is for that hospital to function? Uh, how much more improvement is needed? That is really uh, the television can tell us how great you things are here. And now we have seen there is no comparison that is possible. I mean, actually, when we dream about heaven, we think it will be like Australia, <laughs> like Brisbane. But you are already there. So you still think there is something to improve. Whereas compared to us, we are still really very far behind. But uh, we think there can be a lot of improvement. What we need most is really to train our young people. And there, bingo, you Australian, you have focused on the right thing. You are training our young people. They are coming. And the Australians have been helping us to train the young doctor specialist. And now we have the best specialist trained by Australian in our hospital. Even Justin himself 
was trained by you people. He's here, and he's now the best one of this. The best there are two in Congo. The best uh, ob OBGYN surgeon. Justin, if I was just referring to your role, you're taking over a leadership role in the hospital, but as an obstetrician and a gynaecologist, uh, there's obviously plenty of work for you to do. Yes, there is uh, a lot to do. How great is the need for the areas of medical expertise that your training is in? All that we do is around women and, uh, and the children. Most of our clients, our patients, they are women and children. So uh, me being an obstetrician and gynecologist, I'm very busy because women are the most uh, affected by the crisis we have gone through and uh, they keep uh, coming to the hospital and uh, many of them are referred to us from uh, uh, peripheral centers and uh, hospitals to come and seek for our care. And uh, as you know, um, during a situation of conflicts, women are being raped in Africa, and uh, most of them don't have access to good uh, uh, obstetric care, so they end up developing complications due to bad deliveries, and uh, so they, 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 they seek our, our help, and they come in in a very high number, so we have a lot to do. And I guess, too, from the point of view of childbirth, uh, if you're giving birth outside of a hospital where there's some special care for you, uh, the rate of uh, children dying in childbirth and mothers dying in childbirth is much greater than than if they are coming into your care. Yes, please. And uh, what you are saying has been documented. Congo is now among the five top countries around the world with high rates of maternal mortality and under five infant mortality. So uh, being a, a woman in Congo is... Uh, is is dangerous to to give birth from there, and uh, being uh, an infant under five years is also da dangerous because this child can die any time before his fifth anniversary. So uh, these people are very uh, being victimized by the situation we have in Congo. What it means is, uh, you guys from Congo, uh, doctors working there with your people, are among the most important people who walk on the face of your country. Uh, let me come back to Neil Wetzig. Neil, there's a dinner on tomorrow night here in Australia, in Brisbane. It's about raising awareness. It's about raising money. It's already sold out, so people can't get a ticket to go to it. But your encouragement to people is to be generous, uh, to make a donation, because they can still be a part of it, even though they can't get to the dinner. That's correct. Uh, the organisation is called OzHeal. And uh, people can log on to the website, ozheal.org.au, and they can see uh, some more information about the charity that we've established with some colleagues to support the work of Heal Africa, of Dr. Joe and Dr. Justin. And uh, they can see how they can donate and uh, some of the stories of the work we've been doing there. So check that website, ozheal.org.au. Our guests, Dr. Neil Wetzig, also Dr. Joe Lucy and Dr. Justin Lucy. Thank you for being with us. Like what you've just heard? There's more great podcasts or you can listen to us live at vision.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener supported. Your donation of any amount will help us continue connecting faith to life. Learn more or donate today at vision.org.au.